Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode number 11 of the Visions and Tones podcast. My name is Tony and today I've got three incredible guests and we're talking interracial relationships or interracial marriages, you know. Uh, three of my guests, two of them are in Australia, and one is actually a gentleman all the way from Cape Town, South Africa, in Sanctuary City. So my two guests in Australia, the first one I've got, Enya Jones, originally from Zimbabwe. Enya is married to a white Australian Mr. Jones for about 12 years there. And the second speaker is Christy Sibanda, who is a white Australian married to a black Mr. Sibanda, who's all the way from Zimbabwe. Um, they've been married for right about seven years there, eight years there. And my guest in South Africa is Trevor Dube, who's got such great insights also, as he has been in interracial relationships in the past. And I know that this is going to be very informative for many of the people studying, you know, or getting into interracial relationships, you know. Just have an open mind as you listen to this conversation, as they share their experiences. Obviously, certain things will be different to you, but this is something I wouldn't entirely discard. I hope you enjoy this episode. Have fun. Good uh, good afternoon to Christy and Enya, and good morning to Trails in Cape Town, Century City. <laughs> Lovely to be here. Thanks for having us, Tony. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks, Tom. This is going to be fun. So, so thank you for, you know, uh, agreeing to be part of this podcast. We're talking uh, interracial uh, marriages and relationships or marriages and i'd love to maybe just throw this as something we can open up with um uh perhaps starting with you enya and then trevs and christy you can just jump on um anywhere where you actually want to uh jump in can you tell me um what is the most challenging thing and I'm sorry for starting from the challenging, but I think it'll be a good thing to just start from the, let's get, you know, to, to be very more open from this, from this part. What is the most challenging thing that you can say you actually went through um, when you actually decided to say yes to your partner when he was proposing, but particularly to Anya and Christy? Okay, I'm happy to, I'm happy to go. Um, so Matthew and I dated for a long time, seven years before, you know, we started talking about getting married and being in the same, you know, postcode. I was, yeah, we have an interesting story behind that. But I think the, one of the most challenging things were just certain family members. They'd known about him for years, but when it came to, you know, wanting to settle down, there was a bit of friction with a couple of family members and some close family members. And um, I suppose it wasn't so much more challenging than annoying because I'm not the first one in our family to marry outside of our race. Um, so it's not like this was something new, but for whatever reason, because it was me or something, there was a bit of friction there. Um, but. Yeah, so that was pretty challenging to deal with. But um, 
that was a tough a tough little speed bump on the road right right um uh, christy how about you <laughs> um we were saying we dated for 10 years before we got married um but I wouldn't say in terms of getting married, I don't think that there were any significant challenges for us. Um, both families were very welcoming and happy to have each other in the family. Um, I think it was more something just interesting was that. So from my side of things, the running joke was, oh, finally, you're getting married after 10 years. Mind you, we were still only 30. Um, but for his side of things, that's more than okay. And like people thought you wouldn't probably get married before then. You're still too young and you, you know, haven't got your life, your life set up. So I think from his side of things, his expectation was always that he probably wouldn't get married before 30. But from our side of things, people were constantly, when are you getting married? When are you getting married? Um, so it's just not so much us per se, but just kind of like other people and I guess their expectations. Um, were sort of different from each side, but we didn't particularly have any challenges to getting married, I guess. Yeah. Right, right. And and I like the fact that you're speaking about more challenges about getting married. People are happy, your family is happy, Christy, that finally you're getting married. But now let's talk, let's let's get deep now about the fact that now you're getting married to somebody from a different background, a different race group. Um, um, any of the things that you think came out and you felt like you know they're going to be they're going to be much more of a challenge going forward uh, any threats that people may have raised towards both you and chris and 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 and, and uh Enya? do you want to go first <laughs> um i think because i got married um i was 29 when we got married and by then you know your heart is set this is this is my person this is it and i don't know if people had isms they had them but i i chose not to partake of it and try and convince people who they're not moving in with us so why should i convince them to accept us so there were people who had issues but and like i said at the end of the day i just stepped away and i was like you can you can have your issue that's yours to keep but i'm not going to take part in it mm. Yeah, the same. We didn't really, I think by the time we were getting married, because we'd been together for so long and we'd both gone back to Zimbabwe a couple of times together and his family had been out here. Um, I think everyone was just happy that we were getting married and we didn't really face anyone that had an issue with it so right right and and how do you now obviously okay that if you discover that you've got this this for the full support from family things become much more easier but uh reality is that out there in the community there's still like a whole lot of sort of racial tension and sometimes you find that you're working with your partner and people can turn at the shopping center and just look at you um either they're shocked or whatnot how how do you deal with that kind of uh, societal pressure um, so I think I started noticing it more when we had children mm. because, um, my children, I don't know if there's a nice way to say this. My children came out looking very, very light, almost white. <laughs> you wouldn't right. expect them to be biracial. I think right. my kids are even lighter in skin tone than Christie's children. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I would get, um, comments like oh 
you know, what a lovely nanny, you know, stuff like, oh, yeah, I had that one. That was lovely. Um, and then, like, you know, I, would, I joined a mother's group um, when I had my, my daughter, my first daughter. And, you know, people would just look at me like, oh, okay. And then they'll totally freak out when I started breastfeeding. She's <laughs> right. my child. I'm going to breastfeed her. Um, so there were those little things. But I think it, it depends. Listen, it can really mess with your head. It can. And it depends what your boundaries are like as a person. Um, if I was really invested in how strangers viewed me, I'd be a mess. So sometimes you've just got to be like, well, you know, welcome to 2000 and, you know, 2021, this is happening. And this is what some families look like when everyone has the same skin tone. And yeah, that's how I sort of approached it. And and how, how do you work things out right now? And yeah, um, at, at, at some point you were thought of to be the nanny, but now your kids have grown and how do they sort of deal with, um, or, or maybe the question first should be, how do you then, did you ever get to a point where you felt you need to prepare them for the world out there? Different opinions for racism out there. How do you, how do you talk about race in your family to sort of create um, strength? so to say, for your, for your little ones, and same as you, Christy? Sure. Um, we've talked about this quite a lot, actually, um, because being the non-person of colour, um, I get quite nervous about how I should respond in certain situations, given that my children are of colour, um, and that they will experience things that I have no experience or, like, real first-hand knowledge of. So I've had pretty lengthy discussions about it. Um, But I think at the end of the day, we really just want to instill in our girls a really big level of confidence in who they are and being proud of who they are so that if anyone questions them, they will not hesitate to know who they are and basically shoot back with how proud they are of who they are. Um, I think that's the best defense really is for you to just instill in your children how beautiful they are and that they are strong and confident and intelligent and yeah, so that they just don't question it when anyone else questions it. And I feel like we're doing a not bad job. Like our our girls are pretty darn confident (laughs) and they're quite, they're quite um, free and open about their, about color. Like my daughter plays I spy with me and uh, it's always based on a color and the first time she ever came out with something white and I came up with all kinds of things, is it the road, road lines, is it the sign? And she said, no, you mummy. And I just cracked up. I, I, it just made me laugh that she was so open <laughs> about that. Um, it's just not an, it's a sort of a non-issue at this point, I think, given their age, but yeah, just instilling confidence in them. That's all you can do. Right, and right. I absolutely 100% agree with you, Christy. Um, I'm, I'm the same with our girls. I don't have to work so hard with the second one because she's got confidence for everybody. (laughs) 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 But with my first one, it's just about when she gets, you know, a couple of questions from school, et cetera, or um, it's just about, sweetheart, know who you are. Know who you are. Yes, your family is a mixed family. Be proud of it. That's your heritage. No one else can take that away from you. So, yeah, a whole lot of confidence building. I wonder whether you have, obviously, each and every parent has 
fears about you know certain things that could happen to their little ones as they grow up you know you feel the need to sort of overprotect them over uh, certain things that might be happening around in the world what what fears would you say you have and how do you sort of work out your space around that and first of um, fears in the context of y'all are ladies and yes we we speak in the context of Australia where there's no much more there is gender-based violence but far different um, area to back home where we come from we know that you know gender-based violence you know is a very you know it's a thing that can happen just anyhow any quick and you know ladies have to keep on watching over their shoulders you know um so so there's the fear of the fact that you're raising young girls but secondly these are young girls of color so there's a certain double oppression double sense of discrimination that might actually uh, happen over them what what fears would you say you have and how do you sort of work yourselves around the fears For me, Tony, I would say at the present time, I can only think about the time we're in. Um, It's not even, it's not even about my daughter. It's for example, the school community. And sometimes it's like other parents because you'll, you'll hear my daughter say, oh, so-and-so was invited to, you know, so-and-so's house and they didn't invite me for the play date. And with the play date situation, that's like politics on another level. Um, I think when they see my daughters, because they're so light skin, they just assume that, I mean, they don't look like white people. You can tell they are of mixed heritage. Um, they, they don't assume that they actually have a black mom. So I suppose in the back of my head, I'm always wondering, are my, children's being, are my children being ostracized in some, you know, for a play date, a birthday party, because then the black mom has to show up at their house with the kids. So, I mean, I do think about that. Um, and one way I try and navigate around that is I make my home open. So if anyone is curious and they're not sure, I'm, I'm quite open. Yeah, I'm going to come for a play at our house. And for some reason, you know, they look at the house where we live, we're normal people, and they kind of soften that way. But I feel, I feel like sometimes me being the black parent is sometimes something that could hold back my daughter's um, I don't know, access to the social community within, you know, their age, age-related social community. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I wouldn't have thought about that because I don't have that experience. But yeah, that, um, I imagine that that could be an issue. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you never have, uh, Christy, the, the, did you say the play party? Is it a play Play day. Do you do you have you never had the play day politics on your side? No, and I think like unlike Enya, obviously like the majority of my daughter's friends, um, their mothers probably look like me, um, and so I don't really have that same experience. Um, yeah, I think people sometimes are a bit surprised when like my husband shows up, um, but I feel like. And this might be generalizing, but I feel like it's almost more common for a white woman to be with a black man than the reverse. And I feel like that's still more surprising to people. And so the fact that I, like you were saying, and you're with like having much lighter children and breastfeeding, people kind of go, wait, is that your kid? But no one would think that of me. They would probably just assume that my partner is darker. 
Mm. But I feel like the opposite is much less common. Mm. And so it's, yeah, it, that it's just different. So... If, 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 Christy, you can talk me through this, uh, since you've made a bit of a comparison that it's much more, there's sort of much more room for, you know, un, be, sort of better understanding for you to have a, a, um, a children of color as opposed to Enya. I'm just wondering, because, and I, I don't know, Enya, you'll, you'll jump on in and, in, and then you'll, 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 you'll correct me on this one, or let's just get more political on this one. Some of the black sisters, as far as as far as I have heard people, you know, speaking around, they do not like to see a black brother with a white lady. How has that been for you? Well, or what have you observed about that, um, uh, Christy? And 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 what treatments, what stories do they say, and how do you work your situation around that? Um, yes, I've definitely felt that. Um, not so much like, you know, obviously like Enya and I've got like lots of other um, friends of colour who are not um, threatened. I don't know if that's the right word. I feel like that's the right word, but they're not, they don't have an issue with it. Um, But I have also met plenty of um, Zimbabwean, African, black women who do seem to have an issue with it. And it's not necessarily that they will say anything specific to me, but it's almost just like, they don't necessarily let you into their circle um, and that can feel really ostracizing um, in a sense, which, uh, you know, like the kid that no one wants to play with kind of thing. (laughs) Um, But I will say like, I have had, you know, like a family member um, say to my mother-in-law, how, like, how are you going? Like, and sort of speaking in broken Debele slash English, how are you going? When she'd come out to visit us, she said, how are you going? Because I know that, and she said it directly in front of me. Um, I know that these, you know, white women don't know how to look after their mother-in-laws when they're Zimbabwean. And I was just, are you serious? And my mother-in-law, she was very good. She said she couldn't be pampering me more if she tried. So, (laughs) but it's that kind of assumption. There's this real assumption that um, white women I, I don't know, don't, don't know how to integrate into that society. Um, yeah. And there's probably also that element of you're taking one of ours from the pool. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. And, and, and when you host in your house some of the friends, probably your husband has friends that are maybe married or are in a relationship with black ladies and when they come to your house, how's the surrounding? How how's how's the expectations in the eyes and the way you prepare the meal and whatnot? Have, have you ever felt judged by the fact that maybe you prepare them all differently and you know, all sorts of things? I would say that probably like my friend like my husband's friends, partners and um I don't know, the the women that I would have in my home are like-minded and they're friends so they wouldn't have an issue with what I'm cooking I will say when I have cooked in Zimbabwe um I have felt a little more pressure (laughs) and a little bit nervous um but that's probably just because I was cooking for my (laughs) father-in-law and I wanted to make sure he was happy with the meal (laughs) but I've never had any complaints so right right for you Enya let's talk about earlier before and maybe christy you can also chip in on this one before you got married 
the the early days you know um i know that for most white males they really are not fussy in terms of food as far as i'm concerned the the mm. friend from the friends that i have as opposed to black men black men are very you know especially the traditionalist ones i want to eat i want to eat pop um, um what do you call pop again enya and we call it sadza yeah. yeah i want to eat pop but then you find that the woman always want to give me sandwich 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 morning afternoon evening sandwich i'm, I'm tired of sandwich you know? <laughs> <laughs> how has the situation been for for both of you ladies and yeah uh, in your case was your husband more open to any kind of food and what if you cook something that's very foreign to him um did he so, get sick yeah. or what's not so i'm actually it's hilarious cuz I think I'm, I am actually married to a black man now because he, he actually, he absolutely loves sadza. So whenever I make sadza and uh, so we love sadza with probably spinach with peanut butter and um, beans and maybe I'll make oxtail. For, that, for him, that's a treat. He loves it. And he's like, why don't you make this more often? Because this is good food. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But, you know, convenience, this side of the, of, you know, of the world, I guess. Um, and I suppose... Matthew comes from, my husband comes from a very accepting family. So his, his side of the family is already mixed anyway. So I'm one of my brother-in-law is from Ukraine. So an Ukrainian family and we've met all of them. And so there's always something, you know, in, in the family and he's always, he's just very accepting. So I was very lucky in that respect. So um, he actually craves our traditional food more than his. So <laughs> So we've never had sort of that discussion about, you know, I need to make more salads or whatever is considered what white people would like. Um, we're pretty open. We're pretty, we're pretty, we're pretty global within our own little network. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. That's beautiful. <laughs> Christy. Um, my husband's not fussy. He's <laughs> 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 not, he's not particularly fussy. Um, he, <laughs> we tend to like a lot of mashed potato, <laughs> being you're like of English descent. Um, right. and not down with so much mashed potato. <laughs> uh, but other than that, he, he pretty much eats anything, but does love his sadza. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And you never worry about sadza, you know, it's going to be gain weight or, or whatever, or you just watch the portion. I don't think we eat it. That. I don't think we eat it often enough for that. <laughs> right, right. We eat it every day if we could, but <laughs> we don't eat yeah. it that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in Trevs now into the conversation because I just wanted to to go past even the 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 little ones in in terms of you know your ladies and whatever we've already spoken about so far. Trevs, are you there? Hey, Sons, yeah, I'm there. It's been a fantastic conversation, and uh, <laughs> I think um, yeah, yeah, I, I could I could kind of um, relate to a certain extent to some of the things that they. Uh, the ladies were mentioning as well, um, uh, considering that, that um, well, well, it's not that I'm a playboy when I said I had a, a lot of a multiple relationships. You're, you're like been There's been a level of commitment in meeting some parents in some instances. So, so I'm, I'm quite aware of the, of the kind of pressures that uh, exist within that uh, space of, of kind of meeting uh, parents of a, a different race and, and the, um, and some of the prejudices that uh, may exist as well in, in, in such an environment. Um, yeah, so 
Yeah, so I, I've had uh, my fair share of, um, I think from uh, my, my latest relationship, uh, uh, kind of prejudice from, uh, uh, rather, it was a, yeah, it's also like an international relationship. She was German, I was, I was South African, and, um, and, and having to uh, kind of try to progress our relationship, I think for, for the most part, our relationship worked out fantastically because we both really still still young and and there's more there was more of the absence of cultural differences or expectations than there was um uh, an expectation so we kind of had, we're trying to create things for ourselves um and being on social media that means generally we're exposed to the same uh, stimulus all the time so i think for younger people the the cultural differences are just now becoming less and less and that's that's why this is becoming more prevalent but it still doesn't mitigate the fact that um the parents uh still don't see it the same way and um and and uh, in 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 my latest trip to 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 europe um uh we, we kind of encountered that um uh struggle with with the with the parents where uh is, is, well, this is usually um uh quite pointed in, in in middle class families um who have kind of just lower middle class they just made it out of um uh, a, 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 some certain financial state and once you introduce somebody who's not necessarily um financially uh steady uh, considering myself i'm primarily a student uh with the entry-level job so when you introduce to a family which has just made it uh just lower middle class and you say uh i'm thinking of marrying this guy <laughs> so they're, they're like uh well we would no we just made it <laughs> you know um and 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 i mean obviously yeah. they won't say that but psychologically i just kind of know that these are some of the conversations that i, I the internal conversations that generally happen with people and those wait are some of the wait wait if you can stop there if you can stop there yes i hear you but i i want to hear to what extent do we go factual than just living our lives out of speculations? As far as you may know that sometimes the financial status become one of the things which, which you can be screened based on as to whether are you suitable to be in a relationship. Tell me more about your situation. Are you, are you saying this is a speculation or this is really something that happened that your financial status was one of the things you used to screen whether you are eligible or you are right to be with their daughter? Well, it, it, it was a factual thing. I don't think finances are not, uh, are not a factor. I think they are a factor, especially when, depending on, that's why I, it was specific for me to, to mention the, the, well, the social hierarchy uh, ranking so, so that it, it, it kind of, because it, 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 it's a big deal for certain people in, uh, in a certain level. So it was a thing of saying, uh, no, it's not going to happen for, the, for, for that particular reason. But again, um, when people don't want to bother learning more about a different culture, it's, uh, it, it's it, especially it's a stereotype. I think uh, you, you're an African. So it's, it's, um, it's it, there's a, there's a, I don't know if it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a European view of, of African. Um, uh, it's not necessary, none, nonetheless, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think any type of, any amount of, um, any amount of wealth would have moved the, the needle, but, but um, to their minds, that was a, 
a, a justified reason uh, to say, okay, cool, you 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 you're not going to you you don't quite cut it. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So sorry, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of things. Can I jump in here? Yeah, I go for think it. You have a valid point there in that um, something that we have found and I guess just seen is that for Black Africans, I guess anyone Black. Um, particularly in Western society, I think to be accepted to a degree as being, I guess, just accepted, um, you have to be exceptional. Whereas yeah. I feel like for a white person, you can be in a entry-level job and still be considered to be something. But unless you are exceptional when you're black, then it's not good enough. Yeah. And you I have think to work possibly I think that's possibly where you're heading there. That maybe if you were white, um, there'd be considered to be more potential in you. But unless you are exceptional in your current circumstances, then yeah. it's not enough. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And yeah, you were you 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 are agreeing somewhere at some point. I was. I think I think Christy got she hit the nail on the head talking about um, this view that, you know, if you're going to be the black person, there's got to be something interesting and different about you. Um, whereas, you know, if the situation was reversed in Trevor's case, so, you know, if Trevor was white marrying into this girl's family and they were black, it would be a different conversation. It wouldn't be about the finances, I think. What is, what is the general trend here? So in your view, do you think they're trying to use the financial status as one of the disqualifying things in fear of coming straight that you black? We don't want you as black. Or you feel like sometimes they can actually stay, say they're both depending on how bold the family is when it comes to also, you know, being, you know, racism or being racist or whatever the case. What, what's the general trend? Uh, I think in the in the in the case that I was highlighting, it was not um, the I don't think the German. Um, <laughs> they, they they've been <laughs> they they they've been they've been educated not to be open about the way they feel because of the past. Um, so it comes out in many subtle uh, nuances and and again again I, I mean I try to not psychoanalyze people but I do um, and uh, and and that's me just going okay cool I see what's going on here and uh, and it's and to a certain extent. Um, it's okay. It's okay. You're struggling with something that you may need to work on beyond my, me being in this relationship. And um, yeah, so I think um, that's the case. I want to bring in a very different point here, but still on the very same topic. As much as or as far as we know that there could be whatever profiling, especially for Black people in terms of the financial status from white families, uh, I want us to speak more even about the fees of some of the Black families, especially if the man is well off. I don't know if 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 um, Anya and 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 Christy, you are familiar with Omar Johnson who is a scholar in the US, African-American. He believes, he believes himself to be a pan-Africanist and he holds a certain view building up whatever theories he has about the challenges of a 
black man getting married to a white woman. He's basically against interracial marriages. And in his view, he believes that um, he believes that uh, uh, white women never really get married to a broke guy, to a broke dude, a black dude. And 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 he thinks that um, so he reasons that the the, the reason why it's like that is because, you know, white women values issues of financial security, you know? Um, and obviously in the case where you're now saying, uh, well, I'm tired, I want out, you don't get out broke, you get out, you're cashed in, you know? So, so he believes in that and he speaks so much against um, um, financial, uh, uh, um, you know, interracial marriages. And of which I feel like if one is to actually observe his sort of theory, it might be the case perhaps on certain contexts, particularly in the US and particularly in South Africa. The reason I'm saying South Africa is because it, it really, 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 I mean, that really happens to find that you can come across any broke dude just being in a relationship with, any broke black dude being in a relationship with, with, with any white lady. And obviously it's because even in South Africa, there's still high, uh, unemployment, high uh, racism, uh, um, and which is why it's much more uh, different or difficult in that case to 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 make a certain judgment whether this is about transactional or this is real love or whatever the case. I don't know if I'm making any sense though, but I guess my point is, wh what do you think about that view? And probably from Anya and Trev's, because for me, looking at the context of Australia, I feel like he his theory is completely wrong, right? Because most of the white ladies that I've seen here in Australia, they're not necessarily getting married to rich dudes. It's not about cashing in from my own observation, right? It's not about cashing in. Probably it could be about other reasons. Perhaps we'll, we will touch a little bit about what, what's the other reasons because I feel like we need to really dig deep from there that, okay, yes, there's an aspect of love, but love itself, um, I feel like sometimes might not, and I could be wrong, you'll tell me, love itself sometimes might not really be the strength of things. It could be love, but also with certain, you know, uh, securities that one wants to actually have. You don't just jump onto somebody who's just going to take, 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 but not bring anything onto the table. So, so I don't know. Yeah, Anna, you feel you look very disturbed as I'm explaining. <laughs> I just think, I mean, there are some people I think who will be financially motivated to enter into an interracial relationship. Let's not lie to each other. But if I talk about my case, for example, I think with my husband and I, we are both, we're both, when we met, we're both starting out together. It wasn't like um, I married into a family that's phenomenally, phenomenally wealthy. Like, you know, they're not, it's not, it's not like marrying into the Packer family. Um, yeah. So I suppose if you look at a class level, if I can say this, both our families are the same class. And we're both starting out at the same point together. So there was never a finances, financial thing. Obviously, you want your partner to be stable. You want your partner to um, have a job and some sort of career, have some sort of ambition in their life. Um, and the same goes for me as well. And there's the fact that we have this dream, you know, we want to buy a home, we want to do this, we want to travel. 
those were the goals that sort of kept us going. It wasn't a financial like, oh yeah, I'm marrying a I'm marrying a white fella. I can just relax and stay at home and and be cared for. That's not who I am as a person anyway. Um, so I I find yes, there are people out there who get into marriages for money, but um, um, and why do it? Oh, for goodness sake, why do it? But, you know, everyone's right. different. That's my experience. Um, yeah, uh, totally agree um, with Anya. Um, I think it's, it, it, it's rather, it's, it's how things play out, uh, where he's, he, he's drawing this conclusion from the, the outcome. Uh, but where it, it stems from, I think, is much more from a psychological perspective. Um, uh, that it, and, 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 and I think you should be preaching to the black people more than the, the, the white people, because the, 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 the status of onerousness of somebody dating somebody of uh, a different race, like a white person, is, is generated generally by, from the in-group as opposed to the outside um it's 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 what do you mean them. i mean that when black people uh generally in a, in a in like america uh and and, and other countries where in france um and, and south africa as well it's usually the people who have they use it as an honorary status uh it's like uh when when a famous soccer player when a when, when a celebrity when, when they before they make it they're like okay i'm dating anyone i can date but once you 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 make it you're like i'm gonna get myself a white girl um and then and then when we once we do that then it becomes an an onerous thing and then kind of um they then they perpetuate this kind of thing that um uh, you the the guy that you're referring to then looks at it as an outcome and says uh, white females then are only going for rich males, whereas it's it, it's not necessarily like that. Yes, it's the it's, other way around. It's the male who wanted. It's the male who wanted the woman. The, the, the woman male. and and yeah, the woman then becomes a. I've made it. Look, I've got a white girl. Can I, can I um, check in? Can I jump in? Yeah, go for it. Thank you so much for bringing that up to Trev about the honorous status thing. I feel some people do that, but it's such a a short-minded, limited way to look at it because Definitely. at the end of the day, even if you're going out there and you're cherry-picking a color to marry, you still have to do the work of a marriage. Just because you're married to a person from a particular culture doesn't absolve you from doing the work of being married and staying married. But, but I think, I, I think uh, 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 let me be a bit controversial here, <laughs> if I may. Um, Look, I, I hear what Trevs is saying, but one one other thought that I I actually had is more from the context of the man as to why you want why you want um, uh, the woman, uh, a white woman, you know, and 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 you know, there's many stories that that comes out there, but reality is that some of the black men, especially when you start to make it, it 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 has. Perhaps we should speak more about. The, the whole issue of finance is how it's likely to sort of uh, bring a strain even for black men that ends up making him to what to get, you know, to get into a relationship or to get married to a white lady. 
uh, I mean, Enya and Trevs, the reality is, the reality is sometimes you, you as a black man, and Trevs, now I'm coming at you. Um, um, so I'm coming right at you. Perhaps you can speak to me about this, whether was this not the case even with you. The fact that sometimes having to get married to a black lady as a black dude, and if I've got the money, sometimes it becomes much of a labor to really sustain that relationship. If I'm getting married to a black lady and you find that she's very demanding, or sometimes let's speak even about the bride price, let's speak about dowry, whatever way you want to put it. The fact that now I may have to uh, um, spend a lot of money, but at okay. the same time, you find that part of the traditional practices like trails in, in, in Isizulu, Umembeso and whatnot, if I'm get, getting married to the Zulu lady, and then, you know, our culture and, uh, and other things we've adopted, we want to do the traditional way. And then from there, we want to also do the white wedding. That is costly. It's too much money gone. And if I have to do also trails, umembezo. <clears throat> so umembezo is the traditional practice that after we've paid the dowry price, I have to buy gifts for the family everybody in the family, if it's clothes or blankets, it's part of the traditional uh, 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 um, uh, activities that I actually observed and they're taken. So it's a whole lot of money already out of me gone. And the sad part of it is that, the sad part of it is that uh, people today are so fixated into this thing of honoring culture, honoring tradition, but without thinking that in the olden days, it was good to do that because people had the resources, people had the money. Um, um, whereas today the cost of living has changed, has, has taken a different direction. If I have to do all those things, pay bride price, do traditional wedding and do the white wedding and buy all the gifts, then the question is, do you as black parents think about where is your child going to sleep because I'm spending all the money that I could be using for their shelter or for food. I'm actually putting it a lot onto these traditional activities and whatever the case. Um, Trevs, when I said I was coming to you, I'm probably trying to tease this thing out even from you in particular. Your main reason, is it purely love or you had to think even about the financial politics that are at play whenever you think about getting married within your own race or within your own tradition or your tribe or ethnicity, um, whatever you want to call it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I hear you. I think uh, the financial... I think the financial is always a factor. I don't think you can necessarily run away from it, especially with, with the with my professing uh, 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 kind of statement that I made. Uh, it wasn't any different. So uh, with 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 uh, a, a white um, uh, counterpart, I, I, no, I don't think it, that's the case. I I think rather for me it was. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, love is another thing as well. Uh, yeah, we'll need to have another conversation about that. But I think I think it's um, <laughs> I think it's 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 it's, it's multiple things. Um, it, it's pleasure and meaning for me. I I, I I'm more. It's it's more about um, I don't know. Some cultures, nature, a certain personality traits that um, I'm much more attracted to than than other cultures, and I find that it's. I, I've got a, a bigger pool of of people from certain different cultures um, than it would be potentially maybe around my 
immediate uh, uh, culture um, because uh, I, uh, well, I would like to think of myself. I mean, I'm an ambivert, uh, but I'm leaning more on the on the introvert side. So, so, so much more cultures that are in, slightly introverted as well as um, an open. Those are kind of the the cultures that I'm, I'm I, I find much more people that I find much more uh, attractive to me, um, and I've got a bigger pool in in the other race than the other race. I mean, it's not. It's, I'm just generally universalizing it, but um, that's where it comes from. I don't think it's more of um, of something that uh, is linked to any of the reasons that you mentioned before. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my 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 motivation. I think I, I would easily be with another person who is the same skin as me as long as i find their personality traits um working and compatible to mine i think but, i'll be happy with that yeah. at the end of the but day I'm, Charles, I'm, I'm, we, yeah. you can't help who you fall in love with though can you or well, do, you plan, you only for love. <laughs> do you plan to manage that aspect of your life within an inch of you know Trevor says. Uh, Trevor, Trevor is actually saying, unless what, what are you what are you saying, Trevor? Unless if love is the only thing you're after, but if if, it, if it's not the only thing you're after, therefore you can choose who to love. Yes, certainly. Just not convinced that Trev, um, what can I say, is being open-minded about this whole thing. I think you go, you mean you're gonna meet people who the parents don't like you. It happens, but. If you really love the person, you can kind of push through that, I think. But at the same time, for Trevs, I'm more interested in understanding this. You, you are saying, you, and, and by the way, I should say, I found it very fascinating. I don't know how about you ladies, but I found it very fascinating how he moved towards the love and sort of brought this whole thing of personality trait. I don't know. That, that's kind of like, uh, that's, you, you went all psycho- deep psychological for me there. I, I don't know how to actually dissect that to be very honest with you. But Trevs, here's the thing for me. You could be attracted to the personality trait, right? And it's not necessarily an issue of finances or trying to secure your finances or whatever the case. But the reality is that me being your friend, Trevs, and I don't know whether this, you'd consider this as calling out or what, but I do not remember you even getting attracted to any of the black girls. So are you seeing that all the black girls that we are around <laughs> were never drawn to any of their personalities? How would you judge my attraction? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just saying that I was not attracted to everybody. <laughs> No, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying it in the context that I've, you, you're mentioning the whole issue of personality and the people you've yeah, you're, you're drawing the, con- the conclusions the con- from the outcome. You, you're right. doing what your other friend that you mentioned did. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Omar Johnson is on my friend, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, I think, I think that, but that's, that's, that's it. Um, it's not that the attraction was not there. I, I, I think um, I've learned a lot from from my from my trip in yeah, well I mean I, I try to learn from a lot of people not not only kind of um, uh, keep myself closed up to and, and <laughs> funny Anya was saying be more open minded when I traveled to India um, I, I learned a lot from from how those guys uh, leave and and how they make the the, the decision making I mean particular to 
to pre like those marriages that are what do you call them prepared or uh, yeah it's arranged marriages arranged arranged uh, yes arranged marriages and and I was fascinated by the psychology of the people that are engaged in it and I just kind of had conversations with people and I actually le live with one of um, uh, one of one friend here uh, my roommate who is from India and we've lived together for like three years and I, I I've learned a lot from him in terms of understanding how is it possible that one can um, reduce this um, phenomena to of, that we call love to 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 a choice and um, and and I, I yeah I find it fascinating I mean I don't, I don't completely support everything they do but I think um, I've integrated it enough into my uh, thinking and and ways of of, of, okay. of approaching relationship to a extent that I can now say um, yeah it, it is I'm certainly sure it can be a decision and the and the the, the the fact that I can be attracted to somebody means that, yes, I can be attracted to somebody, but it doesn't have to become anything. And I think people who are married should, should know this pretty well, uh, because uh, I, I'm assuming once you get married, you don't turn off the, the, the attraction uh, switch. It's just that it's now much more controlled, a little bit tighter than before, possibly. Um, so depending on how open your marriage is as well. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, that's it. I, <laughs> it's just... Uh uh christy so far any, any okay we will go to any and then come to christy because christy also with you i'd love to hear about probably i don't know if we'd call this uh misconceptions you know uh as far as you've heard weren't there any family members from your husband or close friends who who, who sort of may have asked him as far as you may know that so does she have the money because there's also that kind of misconception about, you know, the white, the white race bringing us the money, you know, we, we, if, especially if the guy is not really much more loaded. Enya, you're shocked. Let's go to Enya. <laughs> I know. How I would... Enya, they asked you, doesn't your husband have the money? How about the money? Uh, can your husband bring us money? Uh, before to Christy, uh, uh, people asking Christy's husband, does the wife have the money? You know? Yeah, may not. <laughs> Do you want to go in? <laughs> no, you go, you go, honey. You're good. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say we've definitely experienced in Zimbabwe um, that whole phenomenon of, well done, my guy. <laughs> well done. <laughs> you brought home a white girl for us. Um, not so much. And I'd say we probably, we've found that a little bit more kind of in the rural areas. Um, so I guess there's that misconception that white equals money. Um, not so much with like immediate family um, and those that are probably more like in Bulawayo and stuff. Um, but there is definitely this sort of perception that white equals money but the funny thing is I mean and we came we've come from fairly similar like and you said kind of class levels um so we've kind of come from similar backgrounds but at the end of the day like his family collectively like as in his probably his immediate family have a, I guess are probably you'd consider more wealthy than my family um so <laughs> if they think that, you know, I'm coming from some astronomical amount of money, then they're wrong. Right. We're, like, we're similar, but, yeah, I'd say his family probably have more money than, like, my family do. Enya. 
I don't know, I just find the whole where the conversation's going with money and marriage is really interesting. And then you bring in the whole race issue. I think is this an example of like American culture infiltrating other cultures? Because I can I can see how it would happen in America. And I think the whole race discussion must should not be led by the American experience. Because I think it's quite different. Yeah. South African and Australian, it is quite different. Yes, there's similarities. Um, but yes, I suppose, I know I, I'm like Christy. There were some people who came up to me and they're like, yeah, you got a white man. You're never going to have any issues, any troubles. And it's like, no, you know, I'm a woman. He's a man. We don't see things the same way. There's still stuff to be worked through. Um, I think the same as you, Enya. At the end of the day, like we met so young, we we're both we we're both just starting out at university, effectively. So there was no question of, oh, he's got money or she's got money. It was just no, no. we were just two kids that became interested in each other and fell in love, and just our relationship just kind of rolled from there. And we were similar, like-minded, so we were always both going to be driven to succeed. Yeah, but whether or not that actually turned into money or you know not was it was never never a question. No, I think if I can put myself in, I mean, if if uh, you know when when blokes come up and you know start dating our daughters and whatnot, I'm not going to be looking at, you know, oh my gosh, you know, so and so's boyfriend is is black, um, or white. I just want to know that my daughter is going to be secure that you two are on the same page and he has, you know, he's not some player pretending to love my daughter, but he's still got, you know, stuff on the side. So when you, say you're, you're, when you say your daughter is secured, what do you mean? What do you mean by secured? I mean, she's marrying someone who's got a plan. At least have a plan. I don't want to get someone who is a struggling, a son-in-law who's a struggling artist um, and, you know, can't put 30 bucks together every day. I mean, it wouldn't be my ideal situation, but if they love each other and they're happy to pay their own bills and not ask me for money, you go and live your best life. But for me, secure means someone who has just got a plan, has got a vision for their life. But it seems as though, Elia, on you problematized the whole idea of now, you know, race, marriage, going into the topic of, money or finances which i feel like it's part of it and it's part of it's part of the security that you're talking about is the real issue mainly mainly the fact that the idea about money seems as though this is sounding like a business transaction than an an ordinary uh it should just be about security uh than yeah. just it yeah. should be about security and it should be about looking to the future how you what kind of future do you want to build together? That's what I think it should be about. Not so much about, you know, so-and-so getting married to a white person, which means dollars, which means they're going to be able to take care of the whole extended family. I mean, right, I find right. that just quite and shallow. Your head, food on the table, clothes on your back. And I think any okay. parent, any parent of any race would want that for their children. Yeah. To know That's that a- your, your child's going into a secure family i think anyone wants that for their kids right trevs if we can extend this and not just trevs but also you ladies obviously security could be on different things there's certain topics that we sort of not 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 stretching as yet because the focus has moved to finances but at the same time 
remember that with this kind of topic, we're sort of trying to engage um, Umar Johnson deeply, particularly about the fact that, you know, if, if a white lady gets married to a black dude, she just want to cash in and whatnot. And I said, in the context of Australia, it's a completely different thing. Most of the white ladies I see, they're not really getting married to really uh, cash loaded kind of guys. Uh, but at the same time, there's something for them, which is a, is a form of security. So Trevs, if we should not translate interracial relationship or interracial marriage could we translate it to another form of security what about what about documentation to what extent Trevs, have you been confronted particularly about the german lady that yeah there's documents for Trevs. you stand a chance of you know leaving your country and go find a better place elsewhere and probably coming back to you uh, also christy a very confrontational question on you because there's also the misconception that the white lady is interested in the bbc as a resource for sexual uh, security bbc big black cock for sexual security um how how far are those conversations out from interracial marriages so we engaging margins but it's not necessarily just about the white litigation in financially but it could be another thing and also for the black dude it's not really that you know he's given out every everything to the lady but he also gets certain documentation how 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 is the idea of resources being stretched forward beyond just the finances uh me <laughs> uh in terms of documentation, you're talking about like visas and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we've definitely seen it many a time here. Um, and it makes things difficult for people who are legitimate. Uh, like even right. when my husband um, got his documentation, he'd actually gone back home. We'd already been together for like six years. He'd gone back home. His documentation came through and he came back over. Someone at the airport, one of the security people actually, like, or the customs people, whatever they are, looked at his document and said, oh, another relationship with that kind of tone. Um, but we'd been together for six years. And so it does, it is frustrating that that happened because it does make it look bad for those people who are legitimate. Uh, but it definitely does happen and we've seen it happen. Um, so I'm sure for some people that's a motivating factor. Uh, but not for everyone. Um, and in terms of the BBC thing, <laughs> at the end of the day, when you're 90, <laughs> I don't know that that's going to be, you know, like the body fails you at some point. Um, <laughs> so I but it does magic. It does the magic in the earlier days. Let's not run to the nineties. You know what though? <laughs> like uh, I am quite certain that there are black men that are smaller than average and white men who are larger than average. Sure, yeah. you know, maybe generally black men might be slightly larger than average, but there's a. There's a I'm sure there is a wide array of sizes amongst all races. <laughs> and uh, I don't know that that's what you would necessarily marry for. Sure, right, it might, right. might spice things up in the beginning, <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't think it's enough to keep a marriage going for, you know, mm. decades on decades. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Trez, and then we'll cross over to Enya. Enya, I like how you're shaking your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think um, you you you're quite you're quite right. That that is always a um, 
that is always possibly uh, a conversation. It, well, especially with people that are, if your relationship is international. Um, I, I met my girlfriend, my, my previous girlfriend, when um, we were in Cape Town. And, um, and I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of other factors that obviously play a part in that, that make things a little bit more complex. But um, she, she, she loves the city and she, she has had the, a relationship with, with the city of Cape Town for, for a very long time. And, um, and uh, I mean, yeah, but I, 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 I did not have any relationships or desire to be in Germany. So, so it, yeah, it, it, it actually it was a, a really rather a revealing factor. Um, uh, and, and and something that maybe could be useful for somebody who is meeting somebody at a um, a place where this is not their normal surrounding and um, and and obviously the perspective of other people. So when we met here, she was surrounded by people from from South Africa, by a new community, by a new environment, and all of that. The person that she became in that environment was a person who was not necessarily. The person that she is when she's back at home um and this was something that we learned when i then traveled and then we went through i found her in a community with her people and all of that and then you start to discover okay a person is far much more than the individual that you encounter uh, especially in a strange land and with so much uh external stimulus that is strange um and uh yeah yeah so so with all of that uh, in, at play i i mean yeah, it, I think other people do have that. It's usually, I think it, that's usually the case with people who are already in a similar country and the other partner wants to stay in that country. So if you find somebody when I, maybe if I could have, I was in Germany already and then I started dating her, then maybe I think those conversations could have came up like, oh, now he wants to actually get papers because he wants to stay longer or something like that. But it was never the case. And we, we kind of... Um, between the two countries and uh and actually we both preferred uh cape town rather than um so it could have been an intention if we could be questioning hey more terms but uh, <laughs> it was not i don't think that was any um there was anything in that we, we it was a case of love <laughs> right 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 um Anya. So much to say. Oh my gosh, how do we unpack this? <laughs> I think what you, where we talk about, is it, what's it called? Is it BBC or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I obviously don't know about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, there's, a, there's a thing, I, there's a few groups I'm on um, for like for black women. And there's a big thing about, you know, be careful when you're dating. So, make sure you're dating someone who's not dating you because of a fetish they have. Um, but I can understand where the, the BBC thing comes from. It's just a fetish. And a fetish is not going to, it's not a, not a building stable block for a marriage. It's just not going to be. Um, and I wouldn't, how can I say this without embarrassing my husband? Um, <laughs> I think you're struggling. <laughs> I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep this PG. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm not even gonna go there. I won't go there. I won't go there. But yeah, I suppose there are some people who have a fetish, and you know, for whatever reason, they want someone who's from this race with this kind of build and these sorts of things. But it's a fetish, and um, and I feel sorry for people like that because that's not gonna keep a long-term relationship going. It'll soon wear off, and then you meet with the, you're stuck with the person behind the fetish, 
and do you like that person? So for me, love always wins. Love will always win. I think you tend to have these preconceived ideas of what that person is like in your head, which doesn't match up with reality. And so it's never never going to work in the long run. Right, right. We, We spoke a lot about challenges from family, from friends. We spoke about safety and security for children. We spoke about finances. We spoke about other existing resources that might be there, fetishism, whatever that is we discuss mm-hmm. now. I feel like this is a broader interracial relationship has got more broader topics that we can talk about, but we do not have, you know, that much time. And I'm grateful that we've sort of covered certain things. And obviously our conversation is not of, it's not that kind of a conversation of, oh, uh, to-do list, not to-do kind of list, because obviously things play out differently to different people, also depending on what is it that they want um, and stuff like that. Uh, perhaps two questions so we can wrap from here. Um, looking at either your relationships, your previous relationships, Trev's, and looking at where you are in your marriages, Enya and Christy, what would you say is the advice, the best advice that you actually didn't take? Oh, easy. Um, when, when my husband and I were getting married and there was that friction I talked about with the family, the family members said, you know, think about your children. Where, how are they going to know what their culture is? You know, they'll just be so confused all the time. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I did not take that on board because why? Because because there are black people, black children in black families who are confused about where they are from. They are. And this whole notion of if you're both black, it's fine. I've got a friend who is Zimbabwean who's married to a Ghanaian. They're both black, but they, they still have cultural issues when it comes to raising kids. Do you raise them the, Ghanaian way, the Zimbabwean way, or do we do the Aussie thing and try to, you know, tread our own path? So I'm so glad I did not take that on board because it's about treading your own path. It's about you teaching your children the values you want them to have as human beings, and then the color thing is secondary. Let's create good human beings. Beautiful. I like that. Um, Christy? get any advice that I wouldn't take like <laughs> uh yeah I never had any advice that I wouldn't have taken I think I'm I don't know I'm a pretty stubborn human being so I feel like <laughs> no one would dare <laughs> say anything <laughs> that I wouldn't approve of or something so I, I don't know the same thing was was raised with my husband but actually it was prior to he him even coming out here to Australia like for for education before we even met the thing that was raised was date them, as in date white women, um, but don't bring one home because what will the children be? They won't know what they are. Um, that, that opinion has now changed, um, but I never heard that <laughs> that first right. So, yeah, nothing, nothing specific for me. Beautiful. I really love that. Trev's. Yeah. Um... I guess this is advice to my next relationship. Um, oh, advice <laughs> to your next relationship. Okay, let's hear. <laughs> okay, um, I think um, 
yeah, it's the worst advice I've heard is don't see color. Um, uh, that 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 is definitely one one advice that um, I, I would urge myself not to see, not to to take, uh, because uh, I, we should see color. We should see color, but contextualize it um, uh, because it, it 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 gives it 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 has meaning. It has meaning. So 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 see color, but contextualize it um, in 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 the bigger scope of things, in the bigger scope of relationships. It's a very, very minute thing, but do see it because it gives meaning to it gives meaning to the relationship to to the relationship how you relate to a person and uh, and and how they'll relate to you and how their their spheres of influence like uh, the chains of meanings and how those people connect with them. So it, it's it's very useful. So see color. And the individual. Context if, if you don't yeah. see color, you devalue that person. There we go. You devalue who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and I guess one of the things that I wanted to ask was that, uh, especially from Anya and Christy, you you just spoke about devaluing, and I, I just had this thought: Would you? What is there any sort of sort of stereotypes that you 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 sort of battled with meeting up with your partner that you had to work so hard to sort of undo them? Really hard question. Um, if there were stereotypes, tone, it wasn't because of their of his race. It's more because he's a boy, he's a man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't racially. I wouldn't say it was anything racially motivated. More just probably gender, gender stereotypes. More wow. than yeah, more than racial stereotypes. All right, Christy. Yeah, I think um, I think there's kind of a stereotype. Like I don't know, maybe maybe more so for my husband. Um, that sort of skin, like melanin, equals people not knowing how to approach him. Um, yeah, like that's sort of something that that I don't know. That was just like a stereotype that I think. Um, he sort of had to, or not that he's had to overcome, but that he's come to learn. I think when he first came over here, the idea was like first world good, third world bad. Um, and that like his skin tone was the thing that actually made people nervous to approach him. Mm. But I think he feels like now um, it it's only when he threatens someone else's comfortability and their security financially, maybe. Um, so say if they took a job, if say if he took a job that, you know, a white person wanted, it's only then that he becomes an issue. Um, and it's not necessarily just about, I think that that's when the skin color becomes the fearful thing. Um, that's just a stereotype that he kind of has found. It, he's, it's not so much the skin tone. It, it, it's more when he actually becomes threatening to someone and their security. Um, otherwise, I can't really think of any stereotypes. Just the, yeah, the white equals wealthy thing. Right. Um, Trev, sorry, did I cut you somewhere there? Because I think you were wrapping something and I feel like I cut you somewhere there. 
No, no, no. Um, no, I don't think uh, I don't think there's 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 anything. I think just to maybe add, uh, add <coughs> to what they're referring to, and and maybe we it's the other part which we didn't maybe mention apart from the the the, the finances and and all of that. I think there's another stereotype where you 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 generally um, either well that this was maybe in my previous relationships you there's a there's a there's a creative um expectation um <laughs> because you're black you 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 have to be somewhat exceptional in creativity um and when you're not necessarily maybe that and 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 being academically uh, inclined is even more surprising like I'm a book nerd. I love books like nothing. But so when people kind of encounter that, they're like, oh, wow, uh, a black nerd. It's like, oh, what? what? You know what, Trip? You know what? You know what, Trip? <laughs> yeah. You know what, Trip? I think you need to own it. We are all so yeah. different. You need to own that that's who you are and not try and prove to be yeah. something you're not. Not that you are. But for example, I love camping. And I cop a lot of flack from my black friends about, oh my gosh, you're a black woman. I love camping. It's who I am. I love being out there, putting the tent up, sitting by the fire. Yeah, but I'm not. And for some people, I know I go to camping grounds. I'm the only black person there. But how will they know? They must know. How will they know that there are people out there who look like me who enjoy camping? And if we we shy away from that, if we shy away from that, we're not doing ourselves a favor. That's I'm not it. joining you. I'm scared of Moses. Oh, you are on my invitation list. You are coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's wrap. Two things that so speak to me. Speak to Tony, who's just getting into interracial relationship, or Tony who's getting into marriage. Decide what you want to tell me. Two things: either what I should look out for, or is in as in things I should avoid, preconceived ideas I should crash, or what I should look forward to. Uh, two things. Trez. Um, two things. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the first thing would be uh, look, for, look for a person who shares um, the same value system as yourself. I think there's a very there's a very good quote by by Antoine, um, uh, the the writer of um, uh, Le Petit Prince. Uh, it says, "Aime ce n'est pas regarder l'un l'autre, c'est regarder ensemble dans la même direction." So it means loving is not looking at each other, but it is looking together at the same direction, and and that is what I think is is important. I know it's one, but sometimes one is enough. Good, thanks, uh, Anya. The first thing I would say is just be prepared to be, to be bicultural, be prepared to be bicultural. There are, there are some things where I will do it the white way. And then there's some things like if, if we're going to have family over, like like when my mom and dad used to be able to visit, I'd say to Matt, please do not offer my father a drink. Do not, you know, serve him any food because that's okay in his family for Matt to do that. In our family, I'm like, don't do that. Don't you mess around with the culture thing. Let me do this. Let the men eat first. The women eat last. The kids, 
just don't mess with that. We'll be fine. So just be, be prepared to be bicultural. And the second thing is to really investigate your heart if you love this person, despite Great. what they look like on the outside. Thank you. I love it. Um, Christy. Okay. Um, two things. I would say if you've met someone and they're from a different um, race, like slash culture, um, take your time. Take your time to get to know them, learn them, um, and learn their world. Um, because know that you might not just be dating them, but you're dating their community um, and their culture. Um, and for most people, their community is their family. Um, and if you don't get to know them as part of that community, you isolate them and it will never work from there. Um, other thing would be communication is the key. Um, if you cannot explain where you are coming from and who you are to the other person, um, it will never work again. Um, you have to be willing to listen and understand them and have an open mind and then be able to communicate openly and frankly and just um, be able to explain uh, where you're from. Like I've seen different interracial relationships where you can tell one person or the other just can't seem to explain where they're from, um, where they're coming from. So I think communication is number one in any relationship, but particularly when it's a cross-cultural relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I really love that. Thank you so much, Christy. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for your time, for being, you know, this, I don't know, I should say vulnerable trusting to share your stories. I know that I've been very personal in some of the questions and stuff that you never really expect that I can throw out there, especially the BBC. I really apologize for that. I think that we're going much. there. <laughs> I told you I was an open book. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh supporting the visions and tones and to all the listeners of the visions and tones thank you so much for tuning in into episode number 11 looking forward to having a chat with you in the next episode as, as we speak leadership and uh diversity and inclusion so see you next time and we are out awesome.